Today is Tuesday, July 18th. The title for our devotional is True and False Worship. Before we begin to look at the substitutes for worship, we must establish the biblical precedent for true and false worship. In this conversation with the Samaritan woman, Jesus reveals that there is indeed a type of worshiper that God the Father seeks. This conversation reveals at minimum that there is a genuine type of worship and a false type of worship. John 4, 22-24 You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Our worship then is not just, also not less than, a physical act of bowing or serving, as the biblical words for worship connote. But it is a deeply spiritual thing in nature. As Jesus says here, we worship in spirit and in truth. We must worship God in our spirits, is what this means, which has been made alive to God by the work of the Holy Spirit in regeneration. This aspect of worship is mysterious by nature, and words seem utterly insufficient to capture what is meant by worshiping in spirit. It's so difficult to describe, but it must be experienced and lived. This is one thing that is difficult to define, but you kind of know it when you experience it, what it looks like and means to worship God in your spirit. Jesus says we must also also worship God in the truth of who he actually is. This he has revealed to us in scripture. We are not free to make up concepts of God that we like and worship him according to our concept of him rather than him as he truly is. Worship not in spirit and truth then is not honoring to God. We'll talk more about worshiping God in truth later. It's also not sufficient to go through the motions of religious duties and claim that as our worship. This is not genuine worship. In the sense of this campaign, the vehicles of worship that we practice in the church can become the objects of worship themselves, or masks, for the true objects of our worship. These subtle distortions of genuine worship may give us a sense of worship, but in reality are cheap substitutes. We will spend the next couple of days exploring some of those cheap substitutes. The genuine worship of God is truly transformational. Notice in this verse how beholding the glory of the Lord is linked with transformation, 2 Corinthians 3.18, and we all, with unveiled face, Beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. In his book, Real Worship, Warren Wearsby writes of our need for worship. He says, You and I personally, and the church collectively, are desperately in need of transformation. We are weary of business as usual. We need and want a transforming experience from the Lord, the kind of spiritual visitation that will help to heal our broken homes and our split churches that will strip away our religious veneer and get us back to reality, that will restore true spiritual values and replace the cheap counterfeits we've been foisting on ourselves in the lost world, that will, most of all, bring such glory to God, that the world will sit up and take notice and confess that God is truly among you, as happens in 1 Corinthians 4.25. After experiencing the life transformation that comes through genuine worship, he goes on to say later, Not only has God become more real and the Bible more exciting, but all the things God wants me to do have become joyfully more natural. Praying, witnessing, loving the brethren, especially those who disagree with me, giving, ministering, helping others bear their burdens, handling interruptions, caring for my body, and worshiping with God's people. To be sure, I still fail and often have my share of struggles, but the new emphasis on worship has begun to take the strain out of the Christian life. I love that last line. The new emphasis on worship has begun to take the strain out of the Christian life. 
Christians in our culture often note how Christianity and the Christian life can feel a bit like a burden or a chore. On the other hand, Christians can often feel free to ignore the requirements of the Christian life altogether as well. Either approach is symptomatic, I think, of a lack of genuine worship. In the church, we desperately need the life transformation that comes from genuine worship and experience of God. Wiersbe then goes on to note some false idols uh, that the church puts up as growth strategies apart from genuine worship and experience of God. He notes three common ones. One is what he calls separation or holiness. We in the church must focus on being holy and set apart from the world. This will reveal to unbelievers that we are God's people and lead the church to grow, is the idea behind separation. Second is personal evangelism. We must focus our energy and effort on encouraging people to reach out to the lost around them. This will keep people focused on mission and moving the gospel forward. Third is world mission. The church needs to focus on the spread of the gospel around the world to bring about the return of Christ. All these are super important aspects of church life and need to be emphasized. However, they are not our supreme calling, uh, and they often distract from genuine worship if they are the supreme or primary thing that we are pursuing. Our primary purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. These are done through worship and genuine experiences of God's presence and power. If we worship, we will joyfully live a holy life, share our faith, and care about world missions. These are results, and they cannot be the primary focus. The primary focus must be worship. For additional content, I've linked you to uh, the book that I've referenced, Warren Wearsby's Real Worship. For reflection time, have other emphases in the church become the primary object of your affection? Things like holiness, good theology, evangelism, world missions, service, etc. And have they distracted you from the worship of God himself, or even become objects of worship themselves? Those things should flow out of our worship of God and be acts of worship to God, not the things that we worship in and of themselves.